Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace for digital services, offers both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform. If you need to buy something, sell something, or whatever you want to do on Fiverr, just go to bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr today to get your gig or to put your gig on Fiverr and help support the program as well. That is bit.ly slash GOP J-O-S-H Fiverr F-I-V-E-R-R. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Is this thing on? Are we back? We are so back. Welcome, America. This is the Conservative Crusader here on the Red Future Radio Network. Glad to be with you all today. As always here in the Patreon.com slash GOP Josh Studios. Patreon.com slash GOP Josh. Our bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R. Uh, voicemail line is 57-GOP-JOSH-7, 57-467-5647. Or you can email the program josh at gopjosh.com. Glad to be with you all today. I'm joining us in the third segment is probably the most notable and the most, for lack of a better term, divisive, but in a good way, state representative in Columbus, Brian Stewart, who has kind of factioned the Republican Party in some ways with with backing Derek Maron, the, the right speaker of the House, uh, against Jason Stevens, the wrong speaker of the House. Uh, he's kind of on the forefront of that. He's doing great work for the Republican Party, for conservatives, and for the people of Ohio in the 12th General Assembly District. Um, and he's joining us on the program in the third segment, talking about his resolution. Um, I'm sure many of you here in Ohio know all about House Joint Resolution 1. It's the bill to put on the ballot a requirement to have 60% of people to agree to a constitutional amendment. And we talk about this in the program in that segment, but I want to go a little further into it here just really quick and why I back this amendment and why I'm one of the only ones on Twitter actually supporting this amendment. Direct democracy is not a good thing. Where people have direct power over the people and it's it's a mob rule, so to speak. What we have... If this House Joint Resolution passes, is we have where a decent consen- consensus majority of the people have to agree to something before changing it. 
the left is saying this as as 41% of people have veto power. I think it's more 41% of people can disagree with something and we don't do that because it's not a necessary change. This isn't like it's a, a budget proposal. It's not like it's it's some sort of spending policy that really doesn't have any effect in the long run. This is a constitutional amendment permanently changing our state constitution. Our state constitution is over 70,000 words long, according to Frank LaRose. 70,000. Requiring a little bit more stipulation to add something to that constitution, to add another thousand words, is not a bad thing. You know, I joke a lot on this program that sitting right here on my desk, and of course I can't put my hands on it now, the studio has been a wreck lately, by the way. I just want to let you all know why we haven't been uh, publishing the show. The studio is kind of a wreck. And for the first time in the show's history, I don't have the Constitution on my desk that I can find. But I can hold it on my desk, and I can hold it in one hand, and I can flip through it and find the page that I want to go to very quickly. The Ohio Constitution is more of a, a decent-sized book than it is a governing document that you can actually litigate through and, and understand. So there's no reason for people to constantly amend this constitution. There is no reason that 50 point, 50% plus one people can say, we want to permanently instate this issue into the Ohio constitution. That's mob rule. Where if people are misled, if one person is misled reading that amendment, it is constantly passed and completely passed. Now that's still likely to happen when there are only when there's 40% of people. But it's very less likely to happen to 10% more people that the amendment is read incorrectly and voted on incorrectly. People say, the left says, uh, Alison Russo, so to speak, the leader of the Democratic Party uh, of Columbus, will say, and, and she's a state representative, will say, well, this is anti-democracy. This is taking away our democracy. Isn't the whole point of democracy letting people vote on changes to the Constitution? As this amendment will still allow, 34 states, and I'm, I'm going to stop talking about this here because this is where I'm starting in, getting into what Brian Stewart said, but like 34 states have talked about how uh, they don't allow the amendment process through the people. It has to go through the General Assembly or there's no way to amend it, period. We allow direct petitions and we allow 50% plus one to pass that direct petition. Mob rule is not a good look, Ohio. And I'm giving my complete and total endorsement to House Joint Resolution 1, to Senate Joint Resolution 2. If it goes on the ballot this November or this August, I will proudly say to vote for it, and I will proudly get people out to vote for it. And you should too. All right, let's hop into the news. Before I start spoiling the entire interview with Brian Stewart, he's doing a lot of work. He's a very busy man up in Columbus. I appreciate him giving the opportunity for us to to speak with him here on the program. Um, let's talk about Hunter Biden really quick. Change the topic a little bit here. Uh, Ex-CIA chief spills on how he got spies to write false Hunter Biden laptop letter to help Biden, according to Miranda Devine with the New York Post. Joe Biden's presidential campaign prompted former acting CIA director Mike Morrell to help Biden by organizing 50 colleagues to sign a letter in October 2020, falsely claiming that damning emails from Hunter Biden's laptop published by the Post were Russian disinformation. 
In private sworn testimony, Morrell told the House Judiciary Committee that Anthony Blinken, now the Secretary of State, was the senior campaign official who reached out to him on or before October 17th, three days after the Post published an email that the laptop suggesting Hunter had introduced his Ukrainian business partner to his father, then-Vice President Joe Biden. Morrell was a potential CIA director under Biden, said he organized this letter to help Vice President Biden because I wanted him to win the election. To the people out there, and that's a pin drop, by the way, (laughs) the people out there that are saying Trump is the swamp, you know, Trump is backed by the swamp. Uh, He's the swampy Republican guy. And we need, like, Ron DeSantimonious, right? The Uniparty, the CIA, supposed to be nonpartisan. Is the CIA nonpartisan? It's supposed to be nonpartisan, right? That That's kind of the goal of it. The director of the CIA and, and the CIA official, not director, that's a wrong word, I'm sorry. I'm not sure if he was ever given the position. Is using his personal biases and his personal future career goals to directly influence the 2020 election. I probably sound like a, a broken record. And that's something that worries me doing this program is I sound like a broken record saying the same things over and over. But we have a uniparty in, in Washington that is so afraid of Donald Trump and so afraid of the American people that they have to steal an election to keep that man in power and, he, and, and put someone else in power. Without this October surprise being hidden, Donald Trump would still be the president, even with fraud. One in every five Biden voters, according to polling, would have changed their vote if they knew the Hunter Biden story was true and knew about it in the first place. But our government, our government, our CIA, our Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and 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 all these other platforms decided to censor this story to put Joe Biden in power because they're that afraid of the man that made this country great again, Donald J. Trump. He made America great again. He'll do it again in 2024. But they are so afraid of him that they're willing to lie, cheat, and steal in order to get him out of power. And that's the man I want back in there again because he's doing something right if they're willing to steal to get him out. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. bit.ly slash GOP Josh 20 is our, or not GOP Josh 20, bit.ly slash GOP Josh F-I-V-E-R-R is our Fiverr link. To support the program using Fiverr for $5, get an awesome gig, get something out of the deal, and also support the program. For $3, you can support the program on our on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash GOP Josh, patreon.com slash GOP Josh. The roles have recently changed, and the ranks have recently changed, so make sure you check that out as well. Blackout Coffee, code TSMS. Sam from the Red Teacher Radio Network is actually on the ground at Bernie Moreno's events, his announcement events, which we will talk about in the last segment today. Um, he did coverage for us there, and that TSMS link is actually his, and make sure you check that out, bit.ly slash Josh Fiverr and blackoutcoffee.com. Use code 
CSMS in under a minute. Let's go, boys. <laughs> um, yeah, Sam's awesome. He did great coverage of that event. Uh, getting the settings fine-tuned. We're going to start doing that for more events here in Ohio. Where if, if one of us from Red Future Radio is going to be there, we're just going to broadcast it. Put up a phone, use the phone camera. Uh, get the audio figured out there as well. It sounded a little poor on the audio, but we, we'll figure it out for next time. Um, and just do the coverage of the events that maybe you can't get out to. You can't. You won't be able to see. Won't be a great video quality, but you'll be able to hear it. You'll be able to see, this is the guy I want or this is the guy we don't want. Right? And we're going to try to grow it into like a right-side broadcasting sort of Ohio-based system if we can. Uh, and so we appreciate your support for that as well. Patreon.com slash Josh. And we have a great vision for this network. And I, I'm willing to answer any sort of emails or questions for anyone who might want to help back that. That's patreon.com slash Josh for the Patreon page. Or my email is josh at gopjosh.com. Put RFR in the subject line somewhere, um, and I'll get back to you. All right. Some media re- uh, reliable sources. Media news. Uh, because CNN's show's canceled. Someone has to do it. I will, uh, I'll fill in. No. Um, unfiltered with Dan Bongino on Fox News is over. Um, he's unable to reach a contract agreement to continue his show with Fox News and Fox Nation. Folks, regrettably, the last the week, last week on my show on Fox News on the Fox News channel, he said was unfiltered. Um, although Bongino said his departure was a sad day, he assured listeners there is no acrimony involved in the decision. Praised his team and the opportunities he had during his decade-long relationship with the network. Um, he started hosting that show in 2021. We just couldn't come to terms on an extension. It uh, would have been this Saturday, but Bongino decided against do it, uh, doing this show. This weekend, another show will air in its place. Fox News will announce the new schedule in the coming weeks. Um, I guess he's just not doing a sort of another show. I don't know. I always liked Unfiltered. I'm not a big Fox News watching guy. Um, I, I will watch it occasionally. I will listen to it with Sirius XM Radio occasionally. Um, when I'm not a big fan of the talk hosts. Because I used to have a schedule going on. Because I listen to a lot of talk radio. You used to have a schedule going on where I listen to this guy at this time. This, I'm just not a fan of some of them anymore. So we'll, we'll put Fox News on in the car. Um, but, I mean, Bongino's a great voice in the conservative movement. He's a great talker. He says the right things. He says what people want to hear. I guess that scares Fox News. I don't really understand why they wouldn't come to an agreement with him, whatever it takes. He's a big voice. One of the best weekend programs. Um, great radio show. I, I'm I'm sad to hear it, actually. I, I don't look forward to any sort of media shows. I, I used to look forward to um, the Rush show, of course, Rush Limbaugh program. I'm reading his book, The Way Things Ought to Be, right now. Great book. I never finished that QAnon book I told you all about a couple weeks ago. I, I, I couldn't finish it. It, it was just a, a left-wing hack job. Besides the point. Um... I never look forward to, to programs anymore after Rush is gone. He was the only program I, I religiously listen to every day, um, at least through the podcast. Maybe not live, but through the podcast. Um, I look forward to Steak for Breakfast and that whole apparatus, ding. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm disappointed to hear this. If I was watching Fox News on a Saturday night, it would be Dan Bongino. Right? I'm not going to watch Trey Gowdy. I'm not going to watch, you know, the next resolu- revolution uh, with I think his name's like Steve Hilton. No, I, I watched Dan Bongino, and they just couldn't come to an agreement, which is disappointing. Um, but we are, we are 
sad to hear that. Wish him the best in any future endeavors. Probably the best for him to not have the um, Fox News kind of baggage. He's, they're not a great network anymore. Larry Elder, other Fox News uh, endeavor. He's a radio host, or used to be a radio host, on all the stations across the nation. He was like the seventh largest in the world. He gave that up to run for governor and lost by 30 percentage points um, of California. He's running again for an office. This time, he's running for president. President, that's what I said. Larry Elder. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not critiquing Larry Elder. Let me see if I can find the clip here when he announced. Um, I don't think Tucker Carlson realized he was announcing on, on Tucker Carlson last night. Um, and of course, I can't find it now. I thought we had it clipped. But here it is. Here we go. Let's, let's get this up here. Uh, about 28 seconds. Uh, Fox News. Or a disaster. Uh, so for... Esther, uh, so for all those reasons, I was called the black face of white supremacy and a white supremacist in terms of my views. My announcement, Tucker, is that I'm announcing that I'm running for the presidency of the United States on your program. And thank you wow. so much for giving me this honor and this platform. Of course. Uh, my website is elderforpresident.com, elderforpresident.com. And Tucker, the reason I'm doing this is because, you know, my father was a World War II vet. He served in, in, on, on the island of Guam. He was a Marine. And he said after that, the clip ends there from Greg Price. He said after that that he's the only one of his family who didn't serve, and he feels greatly ashamed about that. Good reason. He's in it for the right reasons. He's in it to be a Trump cabinet member or to be the vice president. I think he'll poll well in California. He won by um, the actual not no votes lost, or, or the no votes won for the recall. But out of the people who said in case there's a recall, who they won in office, he won by like 30 points. Right, so he's popular in California, just not popular enough to take down Gavin Newsom. Um, he's not bad on the issues. I used to look forward to his radio show occasionally if I was in the car from 6 to 9 p.m. listening on WTOH uh, in Columbus, I would listen to it. Um, he wouldn't be a bad office holder. I think it's stupid to go right for the presidency. I think he could easily run for a congressional seat somewhere in California. And win there. But, you know, we, we see where the priorities lie. People want to be in the cabinet. People want to be in the administration. That's why Vivek Ramaswamy is running. He wants. He says he doesn't, but he, he really does. Um, that's why Nikki Haley's running, why Ron DeSantimonious will run. Actually, I don't think he wants a cabinet position. He just wants to take down Trump. Um, that's why, you know, Tim Scott's exploring. That's why all these people are running for president. Is because the only top two frontrunners, the only people with any sort of possibility, any sort of possibility, is Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis on the Republican side. Everyone else is running for the sole purpose of getting a cabinet position. If we made up the cabinet position on the sort of only running on the Trump side and only running on, for the presidency only people that actually uh, get a cabinet position ran for the presidency, we would be in decent shape right now. I think Vivek would be a great um, office holder in, in the cabinet. I think Larry Elder would be a great uh, office holder in the cabinet. I think Nikki Haley we could go without. And I think Ron DeSantis we could go without. But those three aren't bad. Those, those, those couple candidates. Perry Johnson would be a great sort of just funny guy to, to have in the administration. He's kind of a cool, cool guy. Um, but if you're running for president and you're not, your name isn't Donald or Ronald, you're not going to win. 
especially at this point in the Republican side. Um, I think Byron Donalds, like I've said, would be a great vice president for Trump if he has to put his name out there and um, <laughs> just put his name out there for the presidency to get the vice presidency. That'd be cool. We know Trump wants to pick a woman for that position. Um, anyways, I'm going to cut this segment short. We have to cut it short for the Brian Stewart interview next here on the Conservative Crusader, GOPjosh.com, and back after this with Representative Brian Stewart. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. Hey everyone, it's Joe P. Josh. We can only keep the Conservative Crusader podcast or, or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Feature Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash gopjosh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash the Conservative Crusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected. But anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Joining me now is a friend of the program, a lawyer, and probably the most recognizable state representative in Columbus at this point. Uh, among both sides of the party, the left wing and the right wing of, of the government, um, doing the people's work of the 12th district of the General Assembly, Brian Stewart, Representative Brian Stewart. Welcome back to the program. How are you today? Great to be back, Josh. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, I am at, There was a lot that went down at the State House Wednesday. There was like four different big resolutions on the floor being voted on and being talked about. Um, I'm more focused on House Joint Resolution 1, which will put a an amendment on the ballot it says you need 60% of people to agree to a constitutional amendment if you wanted to pass it. Um, it's out of the House uh, on committee. It's, uh, it's out of the committee on the House side. The Senate has passed it already uh, in the Senate J- Joint Resolution version 2. Um, can you give us some more information on that from the inside? Sure. So uh, this is an effort I've been working on since actually the last General Assembly. We introduced this with uh, Senator Frank LaRose, uh, 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 Secretary of State Frank LaRose uh, back in November. And uh, this is the Ohio Constitution Protection Amendment, and it's a pretty simple uh, proposal. We, we believe that the Ohio's Constitution should be protected in the same way that our federal Constitution is and should have a higher threshold for amendment than just a simple you know, 50% plus one majority. And especially as we've seen over the years that you know, this process has been you know, increasingly utilized by you know, deep-pocketed outside special interest groups trying to buy – uh, you know, changes to Ohio's, you know, governing document uh, to benefit themselves. And we think uh, enough is enough. And so this is an effort we've been working on literally since day one of this new term, um, you know, to kind of keep things moving. The Senate introduced a, a companion version, as we call it, which is basically sort of an identical version of of my resolution. Mm-hmm. And uh, they passed it out of their chamber entirely yesterday uh, you know, we had a, a much more contentious hearings in the House, and so uh, we passed it out of the relevant committee uh, yesterday after, you know, three plus hours of, of testimony and, you know, three plus hours of testimony, you know, in the last General Assembly. Everybody knows kind of what this amendment does and does not do, um, but it's really crucial for the future of our state. Uh, increasingly, you're seeing um, – 
you know, folks try to circumvent the legislature, circumvent the elected representatives and put some really, truly terrible policy proposals up for a vote, you know, election cycle after election cycle. So, um, you know, if, if an idea is a good idea, it'll still pass under this 60 percent threshold. 14 of the last 21 amendments that we have passed pass with more than 60 percent of the vote. Mm. Uh, but we do think this will make it uh, easier to keep, you know, these these proposals that don't have the kind of widespread, uh, frankly, bipartisan support that amendments to our governing document should should have. Exactly. And America is not a direct democracy already. And I was listening to a okay. senator uh, yesterday because I was listening to the Senate chamber on the Ohio channel. And I can't remember what he what he said, but it was who it was. But it was something about how everything that's popular can get enough votes. And people, uh, legislation supposed to go through the legislature, as this amendment is uh, an amendment, but some amendments are actually legislation that can't get through the chamber, so they circumvent it, when it really shouldn't be instated in the Constitution forever. Um, So now that it's out of the Senate, out of that chamber, does the Speaker of the House of Ohio still have to bring it up for a vote? Because I know that was the biggest holdup with uh, HJR 1 and HJR 6. Um, Do they still have to bring it up for a vote, or can you go around the Speaker now? How does that work procedurally? So practically speaking, we have a, a May 10th deadline if we are going to get this on the ballot for a uh, election in August. And so uh, we, we have kicked the tires on every uh, pathway possible. Um, we, did, we did even start a discharge petition. I've never signed a discharge petition in my life. Uh, but I did it with regard to HDR1 because it's just that important. Mm-hmm. It's just It has that much support within you know, our party and the conservative movement. And frankly, um, you know, independents who've been looking at this issue forever. Okay. Um, so at where we stand now is the, 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 um, the resolution has been passed by the committee. It now goes to a committee called rules and reference, uh, which is controlled by the speaker. And so, uh, it is in his lap. Uh, we certainly believe and uh, expect that that should come to the floor. Um, but it is, you know, the part of the reason why we've had this much discussion about, you know, um, house speaker races is there is a lot of discretion there as to what comes to the floor and at what time. And so, uh, we are, we are, you know, the votes are there if this comes to the floor and it needs to happen soon. I completely agree with you. So one big thing listening to the committee hearings yesterday and the Senate floor yesterday is the Democrat Party, the, the left wing in Columbus, the, the super minority left wing in Columbus, is screaming and crying about how this bill is anti-democratic, right? Well, this is taking away the voice of the people. How is putting it on the ballot, asking people to vote on it, taking the voice away from the people? Do you understand that? Because I know you talk to them more than I do, so. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the most absurd part of this whole debate. You know, the Columbus Dispatch, you know, right, you know there's been editorials like, you know, this is, there's a knife at the throat of democracy. I mean, how blessed we are to live in a country and in a state where, you know, the biggest, you know, the biggest idea of a threat to democracy is we put a proposal on the ballot and asked Ohioans to give their opinion and vote yes or no. Uh, That's all this resolution does. I certainly hope and expect that if this does get to the ballot, that it'll be that it'll be approved. But uh, if it's not, then that's then the people have spoken and that's and that's the end of the discussion. but you know the, the vitriol over simply putting a proposal on the ballot, I think, kind of betrays um, their concern that it's going to pass. And you know, a lot of there, there, there's a lot of additional 
kind of hypocrisy in this debate where, you know, we have witness after witness after witness on the left coming in saying that, you know, this is undemocratic. This is unfair because you're going to put a a minimal guardrail on a process that allows outside special interest groups to put amendments on the ballot. Mm. Well, guess what, Josh? In 32 states in America, they don't have this right at all, mm-hmm. at all. Ohio is one of only 18 states that even allows, you know, outside, often left-wing special interest groups to put amendments on the ballot. We're not taking that right away under HGR1. We're simply saying that you should need to get 60%. And so yesterday we had this whole discussion where, you know, witness after witness came in and said, you know, this is undemocratic. And then I would ask each of those witnesses, well, is New York, Maryland, Virginia, Minnesota, President Biden's Delaware – Are those states undemocratic? Because guess what? They don't allow for constitutional amendments by initiative petition at all. Right. At all. And so, you know, we also had, you know, these these left wing organizations coming in and saying it's undemocratic and unfair to require 60 percent like the federal constitution to amend your constitution. And then guess what, Josh? I pulled up all their constitutions and read it for them. They required 66% and 75% to amend their own constitution, right? So it's, it's, it's an example of, you know, a simple majority for me, you know, but not uh, a simple majority for thee, but not for me. Exactly. So it's, it's, uh, <laughs> that was, that was uh, pretty illuminating. It's very easy to convince 50.1 or 50% plus one to vote for your idea if they're not super informed and they know how easy that is. And they're afraid that will happen if they can't put the money out. They're saving all their money for whatever's coming up in November. They don't want to spend money opposing this. And it, I, I have a feeling it'll pass with 65, 70% of the vote. I mean, everyone I talk to says it's a popular proposal. And, and this, this has been polled by numerous organizations and numerous people who know what they're doing. And every indication has been if this 60% HGR1 proposal is put on the ballot, uh, we definitely believe that it will pass. Absolutely. Um, so how can people listening all over Ohio and the country get involved in this and help this important piece of constitution protecting legislation and, and this joint resolution across the finish line? Well, Josh, under our current constitution, you know, a constitutional amendment to be proposed to the people requires three-fifths of the membership to approve it. And so, um, you know, there's a little bit of a debate of, you know, we have two vacancies. We, we, we need somewhere between 59 and, and 60 votes uh, to put this on the ballot. And uh, so every vote counts. So what I would say is it's, it, everyone should reach out to your state representative, reach out to their office, ask where they're at on the issue, HDR1, and uh, encourage let them know that you, know, you support the resolution and hope that they do too because uh, we're very close. So we got, a, we got a few more T's to cross and I's to dot. And so literally – you know, one additional vote uh, can be the difference between, you know, passage and failure. So we need uh, we need all hands on deck. We need every, uh, you know, the Democrats have already made clear not not a single one of them is going to uh, support this. Now, you know, in the past, uh, there was a bipartisan commission that recommended exactly, uh, you know, raising the threshold for constitutional amendments to at least 55 percent. And there were uh, Democrat legislators that were involved in making that recommendation. But that, that's gone by the wayside, so they're not going to vote for this, which means we need every single Republican. And you can go to ohiohouse.gov, scroll down to the bottom, click who represents me, put in your address. It'll bring you right to their webpage with their phone number there. Um, so outside of this big House joint resolution information, what else are you working on for the people of the 12th District? 
Well, Josh, we've got uh, a number of different bills we've introduced. I've got bills relating to, you know, our Veterans Service Commission. I've got bills relating to make sure we can uh, do a better job getting pharmacy, uh, uh, pharmaceuticals and pharmacy services out to, uh, you know, some, some of our more extremely rural areas. Um, I'm working on a number of things in the budget that I think relate to our district, including, um, you know, there's uh, you're, you're in Madison County and I love representing Madison County. And there's some some great folks in your in your government who've been working on, you know, a proposal to say, hey, you know, if, before we spend, um, you know, over a billion dollars, you know, rebuilding a state fairgrounds in downtown Columbus, maybe we should look at some alternative sites in central Ohio. And so I've got an amendment that would uh, require the state to at least study that, you know, before we commit that amount of money. Uh, I think it's a, it's a very worthwhile debate that we should be having as a state. And also uh, working on some some things in the budget to uh, take care of our, our counties like Madison, like Pickaway, uh, that are home to state prisons, because there are a lot of increased costs in our court system when you have uh, cases arising out of state prisons that then our local governments uh, have to kind of dip into the local taxpayers' pockets to pay for. You know, I think those should be a state expense, and I've got a budget amendment to try to make that happen. Working hard for the people. I've, I'm going back a little bit. I've always thought it was weird. The state, the state fairgrounds are right in the center of Columbus, when in the middle of downtown, not really downtown, but right in the middle of it all. Pretty close. And there's just big, big fairgrounds here with all the animals. It just doesn't make sense for the location wise. So I appreciate you working on that. I appreciate everything you do in Columbus. Uh, we're going to live link your state house website in the show notes below today, so people can scroll down and click on that. Anything else we should put there, and uh, they should follow you at and keep up with what you're doing. Uh, I enjoy my Twitter account despite uh, the uh, cesspool of my mentions. Just don't read the replies. Then, so. Just don't read your replies. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, folks can find me on Twitter. I am at Brian Stewart OH. Uh, a, lot, a lot of uh, Republican legislators have abandoned uh, social media, but I still enjoy it. So uh, I think it's a good way to drive some of our debate. And it's not all politics. There's movies, there's sports, there's cooking. That's right. A great platform to follow him on, Brian Stewart OH there. Also his Ohio House website in the show notes below. Thank you for joining us today, sir. Hope to have you back again soon. It's a privilege, Josh. Thank you. That's Brian Stewart OH is his Twitter page back after this here on The Conservative Crusader. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. We are back. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. I hope you all enjoyed that interview with the one and only Brian Stewart of Pickaway County, I believe, in the 12th District of Ohio. The fantastic 12th District General Assembly District. The should-be Assistant Majority Whip of the Ohio House. The should-be Major Party Position Holder. People critique me on the program for having him on. People who are very far in some ways. Like, oh, you, you just want to support his his worldview. Yes, I do. I support pretty much everything he supports. With very few obse- exceptions. Now, one of which being, you know, um, some of the things that happened in 2020 with COVID. And obviously he likes DeWine. I don't care for DeWine. But uh, we get over our, our disagreements and we work together because the vast majority of issues we need, to, we need to face, he is working greatly on. House Joint Resolution 1 is a great resolution. 
I'm proud to call him a friend of the program, and I'm glad to say that he is my representative. I'm, I'm a big fan of Brian Stewart. And I've heard people say, Josh, you need to run for the state house, or you need to run for the state senate, and, and we might sometime. I don't want to take down Brian Stewart. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want to get in on the bad side of Brian Stewart by running against him. I just, I don't. Why would you run against someone doing the right things? That's my biggest question. Um, quickly here in the Ohio segment, really quick, Biden's going to run again in 2024, planning to announce on, let's, next week. So sometime next week, he'll be running, uh, announcing his candidacy. Read the full article in the show notes below. I'm not going to go into that super quickly right now. Um, because it's the Ohio segment, friends. This is the Ohio time we talk about the state of Ohio and the politics and the policy making this state great again. Bernie Moreno, friends, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he ran in 2022. Uh, Obviously, he was in that packed primary. He dropped out in February um, after a meeting with Donald Trump. Um, he's he's back in it, baby. He's he's running again. Let's play part of his announcement here because I think it's it's very important what he has to say. Uh, and I, I like Bernie. Let's, let's get a clip up here. Um, working on getting him on the program as well to talk to him about everything Ohio. Here's uh, his two-minute announcement uh, quickly. Where are we headed in America? President Trump put us on a path to prosperity. But today, China is buying our land, drugs pour through our borders, while our tax dollars flow to foreign countries and our jobs stream overseas. The country we love is being ruined by insider politicians. I'm Bernie Marino. I've always been an outsider. When I was five, my family came here legally from Colombia because my parents believed in the American dream. I loved cars and dreamed of being the president of General Motors. Firebird for 1981. With a lot of drive, I worked myself into the auto industry from the outside. I wanted my own dealership, but industry insiders nearly stopped me. I spent every cent I had and made it happen. 15 years later, I owned 15 dealerships and had created thousands of Ohio jobs. Now, I'm running for Senate. And you guessed it, I'd be an outsider in Washington too. I'm not a career politician. I've never held office. I'm doing this because I firmly believe that career politicians have put us in a ditch and we need outsiders to fix this country. When my family left our home, it was for a better life. But today, we're losing our country because corrupt and cowardly insider politicians from both parties sell us out. We can take out the drug cartels at our borders, China in our economy, the criminals on our streets, and the leftists in our schools only when we take out the politicians from office. It takes new leaders who are willing to fight to save the America First values we share. I will never apologize for my beliefs. I will never apologize for fighting for the middle class to grow and thrive in this country. When insiders lose, we win. I'm Bernie Marino. I'm an outsider conservative running for Senate. Together, we'll turn Washington inside out. So that's Bernie Marino's announcement. He, he published on his Twitter page before actually speaking at an event in Milford, Ohio, which we covered at Red Future Radio um, on our social media pages. Um, Bernie's a great guy. I've met him a couple times now. Um, I didn't support him in 2022. I supported Mark Bukita. 
Um, and I wouldn't have supported him if he wasn't in the race. I would have supported J.D. Vance. Um, but I like him here. I like him in this situation. And let me tell you why. Um, get some paper here so I can kind of draw out what I'm saying as I say it, even though you can't see the drawing. I might publish a picture of the drawing later on Twitter just for fun. Um, so Davidson is good up in his home district, in, in the 8th district. Davidson is great there. I think he'd be a great senator. More on Davidson. Um, but he is looking unlikely at this point, looking like he might not hop in, especially now that Bernie Moreno's in the race. Uh, Bernie Moreno is popular up in Cleveland, in the Cleveland-Akron sort of area. Uh, he is up there, and he is a popular guy up there. Matt Dolan's the same area, but he's not very popular. He changed the name of the, of the team, for goodness sakes. Bernie Moreno has the money to self-fund a campaign. Steve Daines is looking at that bigly, the chair of the NRSC. Um, he has statewide name recognition among the Republican Party, at least, uh, for his primary win. He was always seen as kind of a moderate-based MAGA person, like sort of moderate, pretty based on the MAGA issues um, in Congress, in the primary space. And so I'd like to see him. I'd like to uh, see if Davidson hops in first. If Davidson hops in, I'll, I'll support him. But if not, and it's Bernie Moreno versus uh, Frank LaRose versus Matt Dolan, I'm backing Bernie Moreno. And it's not even, frankly, close. Two Swampers versus an Outsider. I'll take the Outsider any day of the week and Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, um, with Bernie Moreno. So I'd like to have him on the program. Bernie, if you're listening, if anyone that can contact... Bernie's guy. I, I've reached out. I haven't heard it back. Um, let me know. And one more thing. A ballot initiative. Another ballot initiative. Another stupid ballot initiative. Has passed the board of um, the Ohio Ballot Board's approval to raise the minimum wage. It needs to collect 413,000 signatures. It would raise it to $15 an hour in 2026. Twelve fifty, uh, twelve uh, seventy-five an hour in twenty twenty-five. Um, let's see here. It doesn't say if it'd be on this November or not. If it passes, I think it's this no, this November. Do you see why we need to have this sixty percent at this point? Because too many policies are popular enough with the slim majority of the very slim minority to get their people out to vote where 40% of people who vote and 50% of those 40% can have absolute power over you. 20% of Ohio can have power over the rest of us with pure and direct democracy, which no one in the founding fathers even proposed until people got mad at the Electoral College because Trump won. And the people got mad because we're trying to change it so they can't abuse our Constitution. This is stupid. And if you are in the state legislature, and I know we have some that listen to this program, if you are in the state legislature in any position, whether you're a page or you are a con or a representative yourself, and you do not make sure your boss or yourself votes for House Joint Resolution 1 to get it on the floor and get it on the ballot, you should not be considered a Republican, a conservative, or truly an Ohioan. If you don't try to work for the people of Ohio. Seriously. It's not that hard. We can't afford a $15 minimum wage in Ohio. Small businesses are barely making ends meet as it is. Do you want more corporatism? Do you want more 
pure power in Walmarts and McDonald's? Or do you want small local businesses with great food? Small local businesses with great deals? And you're helping a family keep themselves afloat. And you're hurting that because you want $15. The cost of living in Ohio really isn't bad compared to other states that have $15 minimum wages. Because we don't have a $15 minimum wage! People who have never taken economics, never understood economics, never read a book of economics, think it's very easy to just pass this bill, it will get a $15 minimum wage, everyone makes more money and doesn't have to pay another dime. Costs will go up with a higher minimum wage. I think minimum wages, to begin with, are stupid, but that's besides the point. If you want to pay $6 for gas, $6 for a a carton of eggs, uh, $3 for a loaf of bread, Continue supporting a $15 minimum wage. That is how goofy this policy is. House Short Resolution 1 needs to pass. OhioHouse.gov. OhioHouse.gov. Go to that website right now. Scroll down a little bit to the page. Who represents me? Put in your address. Let's put in one capital square. And here in Columbus. Capital square, Columbus, Ohio. Submit, and look at that. Dontavius Jarrells, he's a Democrat. All right, Dontavius Jarrells, support House Resolution Oh, look, first thing. Well, I don't support House Resolution 1. If the Democrats don't like it, Republicans should. I'm sorry, at this point, the Ohio legislature is broken. Um, thank you, Brian Stewart, for joining us on the program. Thank you for fighting for House Joint Resolution 1. Representative, you're doing a great job in there. I'm very proud to call you a friend. We'll be back. Monday with a brand new episode here on The Conservative Crusader. And stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader.